0: You're listening to 101.9 FM. I'm Benji Shulman, this is the New Blue Review, welcome to the program on this Monday morning, hope that you are doing very, very well. Now, some of you are into dieting, Uh, you may very well have been on the Lesechel Kaniake Reserve Bank Diet the last few months, because every single time he hikes the bank rates, then you have less disposable income to eat and meet your fund requirements. And I think it's not just him. The economy has been bad. We've had issues with the war with Ukraine and food prices. So everyone is really feeling the pinch when it comes to money. And so we thought we would bring on a financial coach and someone who knows about these sorts of things to, to take a look at our money and see how we are spending it. We have online Piladi Morokile. Uh, she is, as I said, a financial and uh, literacy and wellness coach, uh, and she spent 18 years in various roles in the financial industry before getting her uh, coaching credentials with Commensa as well as MBA. Piladi, welcome to the show. Thank you for being with us on High
1: Thank you, Benji. Hello to everyone. Hello to the listeners. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to the show today.
0: So let's maybe just start in terms of what is out there. I mean, you are a financial coach. I'm sure you're talking to people all the time. Uh, is it tough for people at the moment?
1: Yes. Um, yeah, times are very tough. Uh, people are going through a lot, especially financially because If an individual is not balanced holistically, if one aspect of your life is out of sync or not in alignment or not balanced, then there's an issue, you know. So when it comes to finances, if your finances are not in order, then it impacts your health. You know, if you're married, it continues to impact your relationships and your marriage, your family, for those who are taking care of extended relatives. So it does have a great impact to one, you know, if you're not um doing well financially or, or not necessarily doing well. But if you're not, you know, managing your finances well and struggling no. to meet the ends.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, now you have a very kind of specific clientele. I mean I'm sure you deal with lots of people, but you have a lot of focus on the youth, a lot of focus on communities that maybe don't often have access to proper financial advice or don't think about the stuff that often are there specific challenges that we're seeing in that sector that maybe we're not seeing in other parts of the industry when it comes to financial coaching?
1: Yes, definitely. Uh the one thing that I learned is that um financial literacy should start at an early age. That's the one thing I've learned. Um When one is at a latest, I mean, in the later years, in your 20s, you've already abducted the bad habits of finances, you know, and it's hard to undo them at that age. So if you start teaching your kids at an early age that, okay, live within your means or save some money, once they get into that habit, then it's much more easier, you know. Don't, you know, with your first salary, don't buy that expensive car, you know, if you don't need it, get yourself a small little car and be able to still save some money. So it's very important that we start at the grassroots level. The other thing that I've noticed um having to deal with women and quite a few stockpiles is that People don't know the difference between savings and investments. You'll find an old lady who's just retired. She got her money or her pay her payout and she would put it into a savings account. You know, that doesn't give her much interest. At the end of the year, when she calculates the amount she would have received, it's just 500 And she'd be like, really, you know, this is all I've got to, to, to sustain me for the remaining years of my life. Yet I only have my money or my savings have only go, grown by 500. So I educate the community about the difference between savings and investments so that they know, you know, the various returns that are available to them so that they shouldn't think that putting your money into a savings account is the only, the only way to grow your wealth. So we, we need to yeah, have a yeah, world awesome. mindset. Uh, yeah.
0: About our institutions. I mean, we have such an amazing set of community institutions, things like stock fells, uh, yeah. burial funds, tithing. Do you think that even at the institutional level, we could be more uh, gearing those things more towards either solving uh, social issues with this like tithing, not just the church, maybe other kinds of community projects, but in, in the in the form of stock files, actually gearing them less to consumption and more towards actual investment to grow money that people are are putting into them.
1: Absolutely. Currently, we have a consumer mindset. We're not thinking strategically. We will put money into a stock file so that come December, we have money to buy groceries. So now we need to think in a way whereby we solution, like with that Stockfile money? Should we buy a property? Mm-hmm. Maybe whatever we've saved up as a Stockfile, we could buy a property after five years or the next year we buy another property so that we get some returns and we've got like tangible assets, not just buying groceries or things that you can even account for after come January, you know? So um, Stockfiles are a very good platform um, to start introducing such, even with the solar uh, with our electricity crisis, uh, we could introduce uh solar stockfills i I know that where I live in my area, we are in discussions of starting a stockfi to buy solar you know energy you know to install in our in our properties. The one month will contribute we'll buy for the one neighbor and then the next month will contribute and buy for the next neighbor so that's another way that stock can be used
0: and and what about in the form of interest-free loans. and I mean, we, one of the big issues we have uh, that I've heard of in our communities is the issue of loan shocks. And, yes. You know, surely way, one way of doing this could also be to allow community members to access interest-free loans so that they don't have to pay these tremendous these tremendous costs.
1: Yes, that can be considered, but having to give the stock, stock firm members loans with interest, that's one way of making their money grow, you know? So those who are in Stockfell's and they loan the money to family members and all that, that's one way that they account for the interest because when that person repays, they repay with interest, and in a way, it makes the Stockfell's savings to grow. But I totally agree with you. If ever they are to do an interest-free loan within the the, the community of Stockfell's amongst themselves, it will definitely, definitely provide them much-needed relief instead of going to the big five or six banks we've got?
0: I know that I have friends who've gone to financial advisors, maybe a first job out of university. They're not earning a lot. And basically, the financial advisor will say to them, well, you know, it's all very nice what you're doing here, but, you know, you actually don't earn all that much money. And so you need, you know, like, why are you even incoming? And we've got huge unemployment rates so people don't have regular access To to income is that a prerequisite? Would you say that income is a requirement if you're going to be thinking about financial wellness or literacy?
1: So um, when you talk about income, you could be referring to various income streams. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that one should always wait for a salary. You know, one could start monetizing whatever skills they've got, you know. But going back to financial advisors, I don't think they should be turning away people because they're not making enough money. People need to start saving from an early age or investing from an early age. So it's not good that they're turning the young ones away um, and not encouraging a saving and investment culture. Even when it comes to like your life insurance and all that, I remember... I took out one, like when I started to work and it came in handy years later uh, when my mom passed away, you know, it really relieves that financial burden when my mom passed away. I was so happy that I took it out many years ago when I started to work and it came to help me now that I've got a family. Imagine if I had to take the money out now, Um, you know, with my family, it, it was going to set us back so i think it's very important to to put those measures in place at an early stage you
0: don't just think about money as money it's not coins and and paper it's uh, it's almost a way of life a holistic viewpoint when it comes to to money your your viewpoint is that money is just an extension really of your personality how do you approach this when maybe you're speaking to someone who wants to learn about financial literacy for the first time, do you, do you start with the technical side? Do you start with the, the psychological side? How do you, um, how do you approach this?
1: So when I have my um coaching sessions, we'll start with the lighter stuff. I'll ask you about your money personality so that, you know, we don't start with the heavy stuff. We we get to understand what kind of money personality you have. For instance, you might have someone who loves to save and they wouldn't even pamper themselves so all they do is save 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 and then you'll find that there'll be those emergencies that they use their savings on and then they'll be like feeling bad that oh no I didn't spend the money on myself I had to use it on an emergency a family emergency and then like you don't have a good relationship with your money because now you're not even pampering yourself you know You're just using it for rainy days and you're not doing anything to reward yourself. I I believe that once a month, if you're not a tither, you should just reward yourself or help the needy with some of the money. Um, So you get that type of personality. And then type two is one who will just decide today that I'm flying out to Mauritius tomorrow. I don't have the money, but I'll get from my credit card, you know, we'll deal with the if it's at a later stage, you know, you only live once, let's go on that holiday, when we come back, we'll see how we pay this debt off, but you only live once, and you live for the day, you know, that's personality number two. And then personality number three is the one who will use the money for nurturing, you know, family, whatever you do, what like your motivation is to, to pamper those who are close to you, not necessarily family, those who, who are single. But to, to pamper those who are close to you. And at times when you reflect, you're like, ah, you know, I should have been smart. There was no need for me to spend that much on, 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 you know, on dinner for 10 people, you know, so that's personality number three. So if you understand the kind of personality you have, it makes you reflect, you know, it makes you reflect and you're able to identify your blind spots, you know, and the other thing, um, there's also a personality whereby If you're going through stress at work or, you know, at home, you'll tend to overspend, you'll buy clothes, you'll go online um, just to release that stress. That's your therapy, online shopping, buying takeouts. that's, That's another form of, you know, money personality. And come month end, if you are to account for everything you spend your money on, you get shocked. But it's because of your emotions at that time that made you to, to go on that spending spree. So if I know that, okay, it's nearly month end and I hate doing reports and I'm going to procrastinate and go online to do some shopping. Once, once, once one knows that and identifies that pattern, they'll be able to, to, you know, put some measures in place. Maybe decide that, okay, my budget this month for this kind of retail therapy, if you really enjoy it, will only be 200 you know. And if you exceed it, then you know that you are in the red zone. Then you know how to manage your finances and be more in control of your finances.
0: We're talking today finance and finance literacy. And the person that's helping us to do that is Palladi uh, Morakile. Uh, and she is a financial coach and wellness coach. Uh, I am Benji Shulman on 101.9 Hi FM. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. Back with 101.9 Hi FM chatting today to Haladi Morakile. She is a financial wellness coach talking about mind on your money and money on your mind, uh, certainly in an economy like this. And what can you do to make sure that you are more financially fit? Maybe, maybe someone listening to this, listening to us, we spoke before the break about personalities and what kind of ways in which people approach money. Some people are more like squirrels and some people are going out there and spending everything they got. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've thought about that and you think, hmm, sounds like me is number one or two or whatever. But regardless of it, there are, I'm sure, small things that you can do immediately that can help improve your, your financial positioning, even if it's just mentally. Uh, what would be some of the things that you would suggest to listeners that they could maybe think about if they want to improve their, their financial health?
1: So the most important thing one needs to do is to take stock of where they are currently in their lives, right? Know where you are with your finances. And that's the next part that I, I, I get into after doing the money personalities with my coaches. We need to take a record of all your your, your income and your expenses and we get to see the true picture, You know, the reality of your finances. And this is always the scariest part of financial wellness because you realize that when you go to a certain store, you spend more than you thought that you're spending when you start to take stock of all the amounts you're spending at various, um, stores. So it opens up your eyes. And now you start to realize that actually pay like 3000 per month on cosmetics. Is it necessary? What can I start cutting, cutting down on? Do I have savings? You know, Uh, do I have investments? Do I have, you know, money for rainy days? Because one needs to put aside money for rainy days. And you know, and I also understand that during these times, all these terms like money for rainy days, savings and investments, it could even be hard for one to even put some savings aside because yeah, things are really tough. Hey, Everything has gone up. So I totally understand. But if your goal is to have some savings and investments, then we start to work towards that. We start to see um what is it that you can cut down on. I become your accountability partner. You... You know, you commit, you tell me what you want to achieve, and now hold you accountable. I walk the journey with you. I help you to attain those goals. Um, if you feel that, you know what, uh I wasn't able to 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 reach this goal this month, we will unpack why, you know. So you might find that you were having a rough month, you might find that, you know, your health took a toll and you had to spend more on medical expenses. And then we get to move on. You, you pick yourself up and you move on. You don't dwell on that. Um, so, yeah, as the accountability partner, we move on, you know. We move forward.
0: A lot of people might say to you, well, okay, I want to do some savings. What's the point if I get run over by a bus tomorrow? Like, am I saving for something? Is it just money that's building up over time? When people are saving, what are you telling them to think about the saving context of?
1: So when one wants to save, they need to have a goal in mind. What is it they want to save for? Are you saving for a deposit uh, to put down for a, a home loan? Deposit that you want to put towards your home loan or a vehicle finance or a holiday? You know, you could also save for a holiday and there's. Long-term and short-term savings. So it's all up to an individual because all our financial goals are different. That's why it's important when you start this journey, you want to know how does your point B look like, but you think of point B while you're still at point A and you're like, this is how success will look for me, you know? Yeah. So it's very important to know your savings goals. You might not even have any anything to save towards. Then what's your financial goal? You know, you need to decide, okay, I want to retire at the age of 40. Then how do we get you to retire at the age of 40? The goals are different. And of course, and some are... might not apply to you as an individual.
0: Now, savings obviously different from investments. So when you talk to investment people these days, uh, or people about investments rather, you'll hear a lot about Bitcoin, uh, yeah. you'll hear a lot about trading Forex and, uh, Certain schemes that you can invest in Q15, whatever the latest fad is. <laughs> are you we run into a, a lot of when you, when you, when you're doing this.
1: sorry, Benji, I was saying there's a lot. Yeah.
0: There, there, there are a lot out there. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was saying, did you, is this something that you have to deal with clients sometimes, uh, when it comes to, to savings and investments, just because this is what people think investing is all about?
1: So what kind of coaches that I've dealt with, Luckily, I haven't had to deal with those who go into investments that sound too good to be true, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was quite good because you can never talk someone out of that, you know, because once the sales pitch is done and they promise you um, 400% returns in two months, it's it's hard to speak one out of that. But um, the kind of coaches that I've had, they they just want... Structured savings and investments, whether it's unit you know, trust or you know like I don't know much about bitcoin um so I haven't had to do that, so yeah, but it's it's always been about investments, you know trust, you know
0: yeah right, so just sort of basic items that can help people yes. really kind of move themselves forward in in, in the right direction are, are people concerned about when they're doing this about the future for their kids? the future of the country. Does this, does this affect their investment outlook?
1: People just want to be comfortable. Um They just want to look out for their kids, um, the generations to come to ensure that they create enough wealth that will be able to last, you know, for the next coming generations. And I've been dealing with a lot of women who are now going into property as a Safer option, you know, where you get rental income from property, there the money is not tied in. So when you retire, you'll still get that rental income. Uh, you, you do know that in the townships, there's a lot of, um they call it rooms or, or cottages.
0: Backyard dwellings.
1: Back, backyard dwellings, yes. So um, that generates a lot of income, and it does really help those those women who are in that market. You know, they they get an income, a stable income uh, from them.
0: Women, it's a very interesting, I think, segment of of the market. Traditionally, I, I think women have not been seen to have to understand this sort of stuff. Is that something that's changing in the market that you work in? Uh, that women oh, yes. are thinking more carefully about their financial status as compared to being, you know, leaving it up to their husbands or their brothers or something like that?
1: Yes, definitely. In fact, I think 95% of my my clients are women, mm. you know, Um, they're the ones who are thinking about wealth creation, you know, for their kids and their grandkids. They also want to live a comfortable life right now. You know, they're exploring various income streams. They're not just focusing on the on the salary, given the fact that, you know, you can't just rely on your salary. Um, it's it's not enough. And the other thing is that they've got extended family members um who are dependent on them. You find that one woman is supporting maybe five to seven people from one salary. So in a way it 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 motivates them to look for more income streams.
0: Right. And that I'm sure affects yeah. Um, yeah, you know, how you have to do your work and, um, and, and, and the advice you give them, I'm sure is different to if you're giving it to a, a family person or a single person or even I'm sure, I'm sure divorcees might also have to suddenly be having to deal with a, a change in their financial circumstances.
1: Yes, that's correct. That's, that's correct. Now, when
0: you're doing these, these, these workshops, you do these literacy workshops. Are people nervous to speak about money? I mean, it, it, someone pointed out to me the other day that, you know, if I come on the radio and I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I can talk about anything, politics, religion, sex, it, it doesn't matter. But if I ask mm-hmm. you like, your, uh, what you earn every month, you're going to tell me to go jump in a lake. Um, yeah. it, 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 so, so there's kind of still a taboo around money. Do you find that people are nervous to speak in public or ask questions that they might be seen to be? stupid or i am just interested in in if how how much the taboo operates
1: not anymore um i think it's it's, it's different now you know people are open about the how much they're earning and i love the, the 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 mindset that they're coming with when they 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 come for financial literacy it's all about i want to learn you know i want to master this area of my life you know, so it's more like a learning attitude, curious attitude. What's out there? What am I missing out on? Um, yeah, it's, it's more like a, yeah, they, they open. They don't know what's out there, but they're open to learning and, you know, being comfortable with their finances.
0: Now, one of the big things that you focus on is trying to remove people's limits in the way that they're thinking and, 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 and blockages in the way that they're approaching money so how how does that process work when when you're working with a coaching?
1: so you will find that um a client a coach will come and say that i got a good increase i got a bonus but i'm still struggling you know i haven't acquired more debt but i am still struggling despite that i got my my increase in bonus so I look at that as a money set point. You get st- stuck at a certain money set point. No matter what happens with your finances, you can even win the lottery. A year later, you'll find yourself stuck at the same level because you are stuck at a certain money set point. Your money set point could be one million, you know, and you could win two million. Um, but then within a year, You'll find yourself back at one million again and not progressing in your finances, you know, in terms of income. So we, we work through those kind of things. We get to identify, okay, what do you do with your money? Why do you have a money set point of one million? Why can't you break through that last ceiling of one million? Um, and we also unpack why do you have a fear? of getting more money because that's another reality. Um, people are scared, you know, they've got this block that, okay, um, my money set point is set at 1 million. I cannot exceed that. So they they always rotate in the circle of 1 million. They cannot move to 5 million. So those are the other things that we, we work with in, in the coaching sessions to break those money set points.
0: Does that include, say, how people negotiate with their employers for for their salaries? Or uh, do you try and encourage them to, to find income streams, as you said, outside of the salary structure?
1: So it's both. Um, it includes the negotiation, uh, if that's an area that has been identified. It includes identifying other income streams. And we also need to account. Like once you start accounting what you've done with your bonus, you know, uh or you increase the difference, where does it go now? Then we start seeing, okay, this is where the issue is. And um why 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 is that? Why isn't your debt being reduced? You know, why are you not paying more if we now have so much extra per month, you know? What expenses have gone up? And in some cases you find that none of the expenses have gone up. It's still the same, you know, day to day expenses or monthly expenses, but you find one just wasting money away. So you bring that awareness that, okay, no, you're now wasting money away. You're spending more on takeaways maybe, or, you know, there's, there's something happening there. What is it? Let's work on that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure many, many tough conversations. That, that you've had to work with, uh, clients on. Uh, Morakile, you are a financial, um, literacy coach and wellness coach. Where can people find more information, uh, about this area, about things that, that they can do to improve themselves in this area?
1: So they can get in touch with me, um, if ever they'd like to invite me to the social clubs, um, yeah, they can invite me. My number is 084-603-6671. Uh, I also have a website, but it's, it's up, but it still needs some touches. It's com. It's got my services there and my email address is peladi, which is P-H-E-L-A-D-I at Mamosana, M-A-M-O-S-A. Na.com. Okay, so that's, so that's uh, where I'm available. And, and,
0: and, the, and the website is Mamosana as well. The
1: website is also Mamosana. I also do one-on-one uh, coaching sessions. Yeah.
0: So there we go. If uh, you are interested in, uh, in your, in your financial health and your financial well-being, and uh, let's face it, who isn't right at the moment? Then I, I hope that you got something out of our discussion with Pilati Morakile. She is a financial uh, coach and wellness coach. Ladi, thank you so much for joining us on HiFM and uh, good luck with the work that you're doing, helping people improve their
1: financial situation. Thank you. Thank you, Benji. And thank you to the listeners.
0: That was Haladi Morakile. Mamosana.co.za uh, is her website. Go check it out if you are interested in your financial wellness.